welcome to In The Rising Podcast. My name is Bettina, and this is the platform I've chosen to talk about living a life that's in alignment with your hopes, your dreams, and your goals. And sometimes walking into a life that's full of your hopes and dreams means realizing that you yourself may have been bullied as a child from family, friends, school kids, or you may have witnessed this firsthand of other people. And for so many people that I have conversations with, it it just stays with you. And I have the opportunity to speak with Kayla Taylor, a mother who describes her own process of going through this with her own children and really looking to do more in life than just tolerate. Well, thank you so much, Kayla, for being with me today. I'm I'm really excited that you're here. You're talking about a really strong topic of bullying. And I can personally relate as I am a mother. And I have a mother um, of a child that has a different learning style. And so thank you so much for being um, on the In the Rising podcast today. I'm really honored to be here. And um, I'm sorry that you can relate to the bullying, but unfortunately, far too many families can. So I'm glad we're talking about it. Yes. And so this is October. This is National Um, Bullying Prevention Month. Tomorrow is October 12th, National Stop Bullying Day. And in in your book, Canaries Among Us, A Mother's Quest to Honor Her Child's Individuality in a Culture Determined to Negate It, you share some of your own story. Can you give um, a, a quick description of why you felt compelled to write this book? I felt compelled to write this book because I was helping a child deal with learning differences, bullying, and anxiety. And in the process, as I reached out for help, I had a lot of people not understand our situation. And as a result, they dismissed us. And the consequence was highly debilitating. I felt very alone in a deep, dark hole. And um, I wanted other families to know that they're not the only one. As I came you know, I worked really hard over several years, did a ton of research and finally got my children to better footing. And when I did that, I looked around and I could see so many other families going through these issues and they too all felt all alone, but they were right next to each other. Um, So I I wanted to, you know, attack the stigma that is keeping us all quiet because these issues are so, so, so common. You know, bullying affects 20 to 30% of all kids, although most don't report it, sadly, because they're worried the adults won't manage the situation well. Uh, 20% of all kids are affected by learning differences. Uh, Pre-COVID, the NIH estimated that a third of all adolescents would experience anxiety. I can only imagine that issue is, uh, or that incidence is quite a bit higher now, unfortunately. And when you pile all these statistics together, it's pretty obvious most families are challenged, but no one's talking. Um, And so I wanted to do that. I, I wanted to pay it forward and give the families that are just a little younger than us um, the story that would help them know they're not alone and pass along the data and the research that helped me advocate for my child so that they could be in a better position to do so. And, you know, just to know you're not alone because it's very isolating. So um, it sounds like you might know from personal experience. <laughs> yes. Just to I, know that you're not alone trying to help your child um, because yes. sometimes it feels that way when you're working through all the system that y- you may be pioneering in. Right. Right. Um, I, 
I think, um, you know, so often or because of bowling, I'll focus on that one issue. Um, you know, it's people know it's bad, but they have trouble identifying when it happens. And the title of your book, Canaries Among Us, um, it came, you were reading, you described in the book, you were reading Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle. Uh, I've read that book a long time ago and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to quote here. When the toxins levels rose too high, the canaries stopped singing and the silence was the minor signal to flee the mine. Share with me your idea of how this sentence came to be part of the title of this book. Right. So the second I read that line, I realized, oh my gosh, my child is a canary. Um, In the book, I detail a few experiences where she noticed things that the adults around her didn't notice. For example, I talked once about how she came and complained about a babysitter, and I thought she was just being a child, not wanting to deal with her parent, right? Who would rather be with her parent than the babysitter. But then one night my child said to me, mommy, when I think of this babysitter, my heart turns brown. And she was three or four. (laughs) And it didn't occur to me that she might know what her anatomy looked like. So I said, honey, what colors are your insides normally? And she said, well, pink or red or something like that. But when I think of this babysitter, my heart turns brown brown or or gray or what color is it when things burn and they die and her consequently her little blue eyes actually they're huge were round and looking at me so innocently and that juxtaposed with these words just you know I couldn't help but notice that something was going on with this child and she was noticing others weren't and then when I read that passage in the book I was able to identify um, that I have this child that's a canary that notices things that other uh, that other people might not notice by the way, that um, we ended up needing to fire that babysitter because other people eventually ended up confirming what my child was saying. And then I learned she had, a, you know, a subsequent strings of having to keep, had a hard time keeping a job because she actually, you know, you know was not good to children. And that's really important to, to notice that, you know, children don't describe things the way we do. They describe them with their language and their experience to that date. Right. And it is for us to stop with our vocabulary and all of our actions and and just hear the feeling because we can hear that very well. Right. I think, you know, A, because we are often so in a rush and trying to get to the next thing. And B, you know, I think we were all raised uh, in an environment where maybe we were maybe seen but not heard (laughs) and we need to toe the line, right? That um, we too are learning how to honor other people's truths and listen um, before just guiding and passing judgment. You also, I'm going to quote your book again, where, where you were talking with someone and they said this to you. Isn't bullying just part of elementary school? Right. Share how you felt when you heard that line. That was particularly debilitating because it was from one of my very best friends who I know has my back and I know cares for my children. But I think it was indicative of the fact that um, in many cases, bullying is treated somewhat of a rite of passage. Um, And so... Yeah, it it hurt a lot when a good friend said that. So I know she didn't mean to hurt me, but maybe her 
um, saying that made me realize I needed to become a lot more informed because if I can't convince one of my best friends that my child needs support, I'm going to have a really hard time with (laughs) other people who aren't as aligned with us. Yes, yes. And you share also that, you know, studies have shown that the children that instigate this bullying, they have a lot of the same outcomes as the children that have been bullied. Um, Difficulty holding jobs, um, increased criminal activity, difficulty emotionally. Um, Share what your thoughts when you learned about that, that the person, the child bullying your own child and children would maybe have some of the same issues. Right. So they have a lot of the same issues like uh, feelings of self, you know, low self-esteem, stress-related ailments, mental health issues, um, academic impairments, substance abuse, I could go on. But I did find it interesting that the kids who target others experience those things and all the things you mentioned. I mean, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that um, kids who have a who have trouble uh, with relationships earlier in life will continue to have those, especially if they're in environments that don't give them the tools to behave in more socially appropriate way ways. Um, and so I, I think the big takeaway from that for me was bullying affects the entire ecosystem. I think we often feel sorry just for the child who's targeted. But for example, bystanders are affected as well. When children aren't targeted, but they see the ch- a child next to them be targeted, um, they often feel as if there's no community code, uh, that they too aren't safe, that if they speak up to help this child, they too will be targeted and um, the adults won't come to help them. And then so likely they might duck their head, understandably, but then they suffer from a sense of moral failure, um, that they know they should help someone, but they didn't. And so that can be, you know, that can affect them as well with stress and mental health issues. Um, and then in terms of the ecosystem, kids who are bullied and maybe bystanders and the kids who target others also go home to families. And there's a spillover effect with that family. I, our family, uh, as you read the book, we'll see was quite impacted at home by the things that we're having at school. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a parent at home, not getting sleep, really sad and frustrated and upset that the community isn't supporting your child, you then go to work, for example, frustrated and angry and upset, and you're maybe not your best self there, and you affect the other people there. Uh, The the younger or even older children in the family um, can see all the attention going to this one child who's being targeted um, and be resentful. And maybe the child who's being bullied at school comes home and takes out their aggression on the other children at home. So the consequences are quite wide ranging. Um, And and if we don't nip these issues in the bud, uh, they really affect our entire community. Yes. What is one thing um, that you feel, one lesson you feel you have learned through, through this experience with your family? Well, there are several. Um, but as I worked through this book, you know, writing was somewhat of a, a catharsis for me, just working through all my thoughts and feelings. And the one thing I kept coming back to is that right now we live in a society that um, has pretty high standards for what it considers to be normal or average. And so we're all somewhat pushed into a box and the implications are wide ranging. But if we just had a shift of mind that encourages us to appreciate and celebrate one another's differences uh, more than judge them, everything changes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of talk about tolerance, which I suppose is a beautiful thing. It, it is a nice thing. But 
don't we want to do more than tolerate people? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be more fun to celebrate people and appreciate each other's differences and learn from one another and think of how much more that could be contributed to our communities and to society? Um, more kids would thrive in school who would grow up to more human beings thriving in our communities. I, I just like the view of that. Uh, it, it's so much more positive. And so that's what I'm embracing. Yes. And your book, Canaries Among Us, A Mother's Quest to Honor Her Child's Individuality in a Culture Determined to Negate It is one step in that direction to really focus on what we can, which is our family, and also our own behavior and what we're modeling and what is important to us as adults, because someone is always watching us, neighbors, coworkers, and our children as well. Absolutely, Bettina. And, you know, I'm hopeful that efforts like the one you're making to bring people in community to talk about these issues will really help as well. So thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you. So Kayla, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for writing this book. I know that must have been also stressful to rehash a lot of events, but, you know, um, through those you have reached... um, for sure, one mother and many more, many more parents out there that will use the lessons and knowing they're not alone to really create a better world for ecosystem for their child. So thank you so much, Keila, for your time today. Thank you, Bettina. That was my goal. And Karen, Canaries Among Us is available anywhere, any bookstore you go to now, including independent bookstores. So um, I hope it's helpful. Thank you. So this was a really good conversation And it could have lasted another two, three hours. In fact, it's a conversation that I hope that you can share with other people if you feel that it resonates with them or that it relates to their own story. Having been bullied and having witnessed it many times, I know that it can really transform your life and your view. And so I welcome you to share this with someone and I welcome you to read Kayla Taylor's book, Canaries Among Us. A Mother's Quest to Honor Her Child's Individuality in a Culture Determined to Negate It. And so I appreciate the time that you spent here today because you know what? Time is something we don't get back. And if you appreciate this podcast, I invite you to hit subscribe. And I also invite you to leave a review, a heartfelt, true, honest review, because it does so much for this podcast and putting it in the hands and ears of those that can make the greatest difference. So until next time... Let's keep it.